Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. We are one day away from the biggest game of the season for the Indiana Hoosiers. That's a Wednesday night affair with North Carolina, who is now number five ranked North Carolina after back-to-back losses over the weekend, including a four-overtime loss to Alabama. So the question is not can Indiana knock off the number one and undefeated team in the country uh, on Wednesday night in front of a crazy crowd at home. The question now is can Indiana and North Carolina their third consecutive loss of the season. So going to be interesting to see how things play out. Definitely a little different tune, uh, a change in things with the two North Carolina losses uh, than what we expected a week or so ago. I really felt like uh, I know North Carolina had been playing great. I think I mentioned that on this show, but I really felt like that uh, North Carolina would probably go into the game undefeated and that uh, it would be one of the craziest, best environments for a fan in Assembly Hall uh, in years. And I still think that it's going to be an amazing environment. I know ticket prices, someone told me, had come down just a little bit on the resale apps and websites that are out there. But uh, a lot of people already locked in, and uh, it will be fun on Wednesday night in Bloomington. Just a little different situation uh, as opposed to playing the number one ranked and undefeated Tar Heels. But it uh, should be a good one. Coach Woodson on his radio show last night, I know there's been some concern about the health both of North Carolina and of Indiana as well. He did say that he expected uh, all the players to be available for the game on uh, Wednesday. I know there had been some concern with Trace Jackson Davis and where things stood with him. On the North Carolina side of things, Armando Baycott, uh, you know, he he mentioned after the game, kind of limped into the press conference and said he would do his very best to play in the Wednesday game at Indiana, but uh, nothing more on him either at this point. So uh, gearing up for a big one, uh, the only downfall is it's a 9-15 game, which means if you're at the game and you've got to travel back to Jeffersonville or New Albany or Southern Indiana, or you're going to go out and watch the game in a festive environment with friends, it's going to be a late night for a Wednesday night. We'll probably make your Thursday and Friday workday seem a little longer, especially here over the holidays. But big game, a lot of fun, and I still believe, and I know everybody does, that we'll find out a lot more about this team, win or lose, on the game uh, with the game on Friday, on Wednesday night, excuse me. So uh, that is a big one coming up. Pre-game coverage here on the Big X Wednesday night at 8:15 with Don Fisher, and of course, tip-off in that contest on ESPN is scheduled for 9:15. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today: a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one: lots of headlines and news and notes to get to today. We'll uh, take a look at some basketball stuff, but also. 
a number of IU football mentions to bring you today with the season officially uh, coming to a close for the Indiana Hoosiers, who will not be a bowl-eligible team. They have no conference championship game ahead of them. Should be some great games this weekend, however, and, of course, no bowl game in sight for this team either. But once you get to the end, and it's definitely the end, you get a lot of announcements about transfer portals, and you get a lot of announcements about um, the NFL declarations. And so that's something that Indiana is, is going to deal with here over the next couple of weeks for sure. And on the flip side of things, the importance of recruiting for football picks up. And, of course, the all-important transfer portal in college sports. It really will begin humming if it isn't already humming. It really will begin humming here in the next couple of weeks as well. Let's take a look uh, later in the show. We will hear from uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike is our lone guest today. He'll check in with us and get us all set for the IU-North Carolina game coming up on Wednesday. We'll also kind of close out the regular season, close out the football season with Mike when he joins us a little bit later in the program today. And uh, then later in the show, we'll get you set for some high school basketball coming up this weekend and later in the week as well. I know tonight, a number of games here on Tuesday, Floyd Central opens their season. We've not seen the Highlanders yet. They will open with a game against Meade County, I believe it is, here tonight on this Tuesday evening. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is also open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or a 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the Refreshing Rewards app, and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And don't forget, you can send in your questions and comments and whatever it is on IU and more to our text line, 502-414-1450. All right, let's get into some headlines uh, for today. Associated Press Poll out yesterday. Indiana uh, moves up a bit primarily because of some of the losses that happened across the country over the Thanksgiving holiday. But Indiana is now number 10 in the AP Top 25, and it's the first time since December 12th, so basically uh, this time of year, back in 2017, 2017, that Indiana has been in the top 10 of the Associated Press poll. So Indiana, I think what they were 11 last week, they bumped up one spot uh, to number 10 this week. They started the season at number 13. So slowly moving up is this Indiana team. North Carolina, their opponent on Wednesday, who was number one, they are down to number five. And also it's worth noting as well, Purdue, were they number 24, I believe, heading into last week? They are now number five in the country according to the AP poll, after a huge week of basketball for Matt Painter and the Boilermakers this past week, which included wins over Gonzaga and then Duke. And not just wins, but as we talked yesterday, very convincing wins, I thought, for the Purdue team that showed just how complete of a team 
they could be, especially by the middle part into the season. Uh, they're going to be somebody to definitely watch in the Big Ten. Of course, it's an in-state team. It's a rivalry team for the Hoosiers, so everybody keeps an eye on Purdue, good, bad, and different. I think everybody always familiar with what's going on with the Boilermakers, but they definitely early on look like a force to reckon with in college basketball, and it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to improve because if they can, they could be a really good, maybe could they be a Final Four team? I hate to say that. I saw somebody yesterday with an updated early season Final Four projection. It had Purdue and Indiana in the Final Four. How cool would that be? You think about Louisville and Kentucky, the dream game uh, in a Final Four or championship matchup. How awesome would that be to see Indiana and Purdue meet up in the postseason, especially in the final four round of things. But uh, also looking at the AP poll, Indiana's going to take on later in December, Arizona, who is now number four. Indiana's going to take on Kansas in December, who's now number nine. I mentioned Purdue is number five, Illinois number 16, North Carolina dropped back to number 18. I had said they were fifth. They are actually number 18. It was Purdue's ranking of five that was stuck in my head. So that's a big drop from one to 18, but two key losses there for the Tar Heels over the Thanksgiving holiday. Other teams in the Big Ten that Indiana is going to play on the schedule, Michigan State at number 20, Maryland is 22nd, Ohio State who takes on, I believe it's Duke Wednesday night. That should be a good matchup as well. They are number 25. And then three other teams receiving votes from the conference, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So uh, really good stuff from the Big Ten so far this season, and we'll see how things continue for them. Also, a couple football notes. Indiana kicker Charles Campbell announced yesterday that he is going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, Also announcing his entry into the transfer portal yesterday is Indiana quarterback Grant Grimmel. You might remember he started the uh, old Oaken Bucket game back in 2021, but he announced that he is going to enter the portal with two years of eligibility remaining for him. So definitely some uh, future and more, I would think, uh, announcements coming that uh, players will exit the program into the transfer portal. It doesn't matter how good, how bad your season is. That's just how things go in college sports these days. Also, uh, Matthews and Shivers have announced that they are going to leave the program and enter the NFL draft. So those are some really key uh, losses for this Indiana program moving forward. I don't want to call it an exodus of any stretch of the imagination, but between some of the injuries where there are unknown situations ahead, transfer portal and NFL, there are some real holes for this football team to fill for next season. And I really, I don't think I've seen any update on, uh, I use uh, Dexter Williams backup quarterback that was the starter and had kind of had some interesting moments, some good moments, I thought, for this Indiana team uh, the last few games. I don't think we'll hear from Tom Allen for a few more weeks as he kind of enters postseason mode, but it will be interesting to see exactly his injury and what the recovery looks like for him and really what the future looks like for him. He really had, I thought, some promising ability for Indiana looking forward. A couple other things to mention as well uh, as we uh, as we look to, to a big week of basketball. You know, uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge is underway. A couple games last night. The competition ramps up to a whole nother level tonight. Some really good games. I'm curious to see how Indiana and, I should say, how Louisville and Maryland uh, square off can 
Louisville avoid a, a terrible blowout to Maryland. I'm not sure that that's possible with this Louisville team, but also Syracuse and Illinois tonight. There are some other big games that uh, will take place uh, across the next few days, and nothing better than Wednesday night, though. Indiana, North Carolina, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Purdue, Florida State. I know Florida State's struggling a little bit this season, but I think Ohio State and Duke is the other marquee matchup from Wednesday night of the final ever, the last ever uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge uh, continues tonight and, of course, Wednesday as well. One other college note, always keep an eye on Bellarmine. How about uh, their most recent escapade, a game against UCLA, which was a loss for the Knights on the road out in Pauley Pavilion. Now they'll get ready to take on uh, Kentucky coming up here very soon. So their uh, big non-conference schedule, an opportunity not only to get some really unique experiences, play in some of the great arenas of college basketball, but also get paid along the way and help build up that Bellarmine program just unbelievable, their schedule and who they've played the last few seasons as they've transitioned to Division One basketball. And I think they are going to really be a force to be reckoned with once again this season once they get into their conference play. And again, the only sad thing about Justin Betts and some of the locals on that roster, uh, no matter how good they fare, they, they won't be able to make the NCAA tournament. And that's uh, obviously disappointing. And we saw the result of that last year after they – won their conference and won the conference tournament, uh, getting uh, confirmed that they definitely could not move on to the tournament. But uh, they're a program on the rise and amazing what Scotty Davenport has accomplished there. Uh, We'll uh, head to a commercial break. That's a look at some headlines here in this segment one. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And uh, somebody text in, UCL is UNC is 18, not number five. Purdue is number five. I got it. Thanks for the correction there. Uh, Had that number five in my head. It's Purdue, not North Carolina. But a big one coming up Wednesday, Indiana, North Carolina. We're going to talk about it next with Mike Schumann. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. Mike, we didn't get a chance to catch up in Thanksgiving week, and uh, the holiday time continues, but hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And I tell you what, uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it heats up tonight with even better matchups, but the Big Ten has a little work to do. Virginia Tech, a winner 65-57 65-57 over Minnesota last night, and then Pitt, a 87-58 victor over Northwestern. So heading into some big Tuesday and Wednesday evening games, the Big Ten Conference starts off with an 0-2 record, Mike. Yeah, they do. Um, probably not massive surprises in this, those first two games, but as we learned uh, yesterday, this is the last year of the, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and I guess 
you know, the Big Ten has, what is it, a three-year three winning streak going after a really slow start in this event. So if they want to close out on, on the right foot, they're going to definitely have some, some catch-up to do here the rest of the way. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, we've had a nice uh, overload of Mike Woodson here, which is never a bad thing during the season. We had his hour-long coaches show from Bloomington last night, which always airs here on the Big X. And then we had this morning the opportunity to hear from him, kind of a pregame presser for the North Carolina game. Anything stand out that he had to say last night or this morning? Oh, I mean, I think first and foremost is just the the health of the team. It, It started to to get a little dicey last week, it got to a point where there were three guys, three scholarship guys that were unavailable. I believe it was the, the Wednesday game last week, the, the Little Rock game. Um, so it started to bring back some old vibes from the, the Romeo Langford year there for a second where, where a lot of guys were missing. But it sounds like they are trending back in the right direction. He, he said that you know both Trace Jackson Davis and Trey Galloway practiced yesterday and are expected to play on on uh tomorrow so long as there are no kind of setbacks from practice yesterday or today so that that was definitely positive news it it seems like whatever trace jackson davis is dealing with with his back it's more of a kind of a soreness type thing not not so much an an injury so to speak so I, i thought that was positive i thought it was positive that that galloway appears to be back and it is in fact minor because that that one was a little bit interesting in terms of what was really going on but you know he was working out you know in a public way in front of in front of the fans before the jackson state game um so everybody could see at that point that he was kind of trending favorably and it sounds like he will play the only only update he didn't provide uh was on anthony leo who has been in a walking boot the last couple times we've seen him and and that one looks like it could be a little bit more long term but he didn't say one way or the other whether or not leo will be available tomorrow night Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. Mike, uh, I haven't seen anything from the North Carolina side of things, but Armando Baycott, who has kind of an interesting friendship with Trace Jackson Davis, at least on social media, they've commented back and forth about this Wednesday night matchup a few times. But he was asked, I guess, a a post-game presser after the four-overtime Tar Heel lost to Alabama and said he was going to do his best to play uh, Wednesday night against Indiana, but he appeared to be a little beaten up. Do we know anything more about his health and what's going on with him? No, but I, I think we'll probably learn more this afternoon. We were invited to Hubert Davis's press conference. I think that's maybe around uh, 1 o'clock, if I remember right. So should get some kind of update. I'm sure it won't be anything real specific, but... Um, it, it does sound like it's, it's very much a game-time decision, kind of a pain-tolerance type deal. I, I think he was trying to play through it a little bit uh, against Alabama, so it obviously wasn't something that completely shut him down. But the folks were on the Carolina side were saying that, that he was definitely, you know, one thing after the game, you know, clearly in pain. I think he said he was, you know, definitely in, in some serious pain uh, with an ankle, uh, turn, turned ankle. So, that that one will definitely be one to watch, you know, starting with whatever Hubert Davis says today and then, you know, going through pregame warm-ups tomorrow. Um, it's interesting, as you said, this, this is a game both Baycott and Jackson Davis have been talking about and been looking forward to since it was announced back in June, and, and they're both kind of going into this thing at least a little bit hobbled or, or I guess you could say less than 100% clearly. 
So it'll be interesting to see, you know, which of those guys is able to, to overcome that and, and be the most impactful tomorrow night. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU basketball in advance of this big Wednesday night game with North Carolina. I asked Zach Osterman this yesterday, and, and I'll ask you the same question. Does North Carolina's two losses in a row and going from number one to number 18, does that kill any momentum about this game or interest in this game? I, I think it changes things a bit, but fans are so excited for a big challenge at home part of the ACC Big Ten event, I think that people will still just pack it in. And I think ticket prices may be coming down just a little bit on the resale sites, but uh, still going to be a huge night in Bloomington on Wednesday, right? Yeah, I sure think so. I mean, you think about there, – there's typically a handful of games every year that, that, that I refer to as peak assembly hall, and I think we're definitely going to have that tomorrow night. I, whatever whatever – uh, extent this game has been diminished here in the last few days. It's very much minor and out on the margin. I, I've not heard nothing but you know enthusiasm for this game. You know all the students are going to be back at the whiteout going. It's a it's a big time brand opponent. I, I mean I think if North Carolina was you know unranked coming into this game with a three and four record, it would be still something that people would be very excited about. But their brand is just something that you know. No, nobody needs to be told about you know what North Carolina basketball is throughout throughout history, um, so so it's going to be absolutely a big deal. It, you know, I, I don't think whatever extent it's been diminished here in the last couple of days will be felt or seen in any way when when the game actually tips tomorrow. Absolutely, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. And if you've got a question on IU North Carolina, you can send it in to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. An unbelievable, Mike, really uh, week ahead, Mike, for this Indiana team as they'll take on North Carolina at home. And as exciting as this game is and as good as the ACC Big Big Ten Challenge Week is for fans, an all-important Big Ten game uh, against Rutgers looms on Saturday. And as much excitement has been around this game, especially when the Tar Heels were number one, I think people can't forget how big of a game and a start to the Big Ten Conference season that these upcoming two games are going to be for Indiana. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think that truly is the, the bigger story right now. I mean, when, when you boil it down, North Carolina is just one game on the schedule right now. It, it's an incredibly challenging game, especially, you know, uh, I view them as almost like a wounded animal right now. They, they've lost two in a row, but their final four in national championship uh, tested. This is by and large the same team that, that came, that went to the final four last year. Um, so, so I don't think they're a team that, that their psyche is going to be damaged in any way. I think it's going to just, you know, resharpen their focus coming into tomorrow night. I mean, obviously, if Baycott can't go or if he's not 100%, that, that's a different story. That, that, then it becomes, you know, really actually trying to change who you are and your identity. But that, that's a major test. But then looking out, you know, as you alluded to, Going to Rutgers on on, on Saturday, um, you know, the Rutgers is a team that's pretty much owned Indiana going all the way back to, to 2018. I, I think since Indiana beat or lost to them in the Big Ten tournament in 2018, I, I think they've only beat them once, which was uh, Juwan Morgan's uh, senior day. So th- this that's a series that's really gotten out of hand here lately. 
um, really need to kind of change the narrative if you're serious about contending at, at the top of the league. I, I think Rutgers, people know by now what Steve Heichel is a very good defensive team. I think they've still got the, the pieces to be a very good defensive team this year. So that, that's going to be a major test in what has turned into a very, very difficult road environment there. Uh, when people decide to show up at the rack in Rutgers, it is loud and it's a very tough place to play. So that back-to-back is going to be hard for Indiana, no matter how Wednesday goes. Because I think if they if they were to lose that game, then Indiana is kind of the, the team that you wonder about how they're handling the, the things from a psyche standpoint. But if they win, can they stack important, meaningful wins and not allow themselves to, you know? think too highly of themselves after a big win over a team like North Carolina. So either way, I think that Saturday game is definitely one to circle if you really want to know, you know, what this Indiana team is all about. I think we're going to find out a lot on that in that road game. Mike, Indiana up to number 10, first time they've been in the uh, AP top 10 inside of that since December of 2017. Indiana with a win on Wednesday and a win on Saturday, I think, can move up even higher. There are some big games coming, and if college hoops continues like the first couple weeks have been, there seem to be upsets on a daily, if not definitely a weekly basis. So big ranking for Indiana, uh, big ranking for the IU women's team, I should note as well. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, operate and per- perhaps have some opportunity to, to climb higher with some wins in upcoming games. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I've generally agreed with where the voters are, are putting them to this point. I think they're, they're, it's right to be a little bit cautious about, you know, just how good this team is, irrespective of their their six and zero start. They've obviously only played one team so far that that really was a threat to to them losing a game, and they got taken down to the basically the last second of that game. So I think it's fair to, to exercise a little caution with, with Indiana, and and um, but but if they do come out of this week with, with that win over North Carolina, and then go on the road immediately and beat a, a quality Rutgers team, then then I think you have to look at them different. Then, then they are kind of the team that you know people thought that they could be. They're they're eight and zero. They've got three high major wins. I wouldn't have any issue with anywhere in the top ten that, that somebody tried to put them. You know, obviously much of it's going to be dictated by what goes on above them with, with other teams winning and losing. But I think at that point it would be reasonable to look at them as as a team that is, you know, a true national contender, and, and you can kind of start to erase some of those doubts that I think a lot of us have. But you know, those are two major steps to get there for sure. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. We're starting this segment today with IU basketball. We'll get into some football a little bit later. Big Ten ACC Challenge, Mike, it continues tonight. And uh, there are some interesting Tuesday night games. What's the game that stands out to you that you'll have on tonight in, in advance of this big Indiana contest Wednesday? Well, I know the the one that is probably of greatest interest down in, in your area that, that I find fascinating is the, the start that Louisville's had um, – and the start that Maryland's had, you know, honestly, I, Maryland was a team that I picked to be in the bottom, you know, four or five of, of the conference, and they've worked their way into the, the top 25 here to start. Um, it, it, you know, without paying a lot of careful attention to either of those teams, I feel like Louisville's not as bad as what they've shown so far. Obviously, a lot of close losses. 
and I, I still am having a hard time believing Maryland is as good as what they've shown so far. So that one will be interesting to me just to see, you know, kind of a reality check for both of those teams. Um, you know, I, I think Michigan's definitely been on the disappointing side uh, to start. You know, it, I, I wondered about them when they only beat Jackson State by 10 and then Indiana turned around and beat Jackson State by 40 a couple of days later. You know, what's going on with Michigan? They're, they're obviously a team that, you know, e- each year they've had to kind of reinvent themselves, um, you know, at various positions that they lost a lot to the NBA each year under Juwan Howard. So, I think you know that that has been a thing that has taken some time over the last couple of years, and his team seemed to get better. But but hosting a program like Virginia, who's all the way up to number three, Armand Franklin, doing doing a really nice job there at the start of the season for Virginia. I think that one will be really interesting to watch as well. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. We've got to talk about Purdue, their uh, rise to number five in the AP poll. I know we talked a lot about the Big Ten in the offseason, and Purdue was always a team that was mentioned as someone that could be maybe in that next group or near the top of the conference, a team to watch for sure. But, Mike, i got to tell you, I didn't see the Boilermakers coming in the way that they have come on here in the last week or a half or so. Yeah, I I tweeted on Sunday after they, they beat Duke. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's particularly close right now. I think they're the, the most complete team in the Big Ten. Um, and and the reason why I say that is because I agree with you. You know, going into the season, in my mind, there were three big questions for Purdue. One was, you know, when you give Zach Eady a, a full workload, you know, he split time with. Travion Williams last year, so we really didn't get to see how he could impact the game. But now, now he is the guy, and I think he's better than he was last year in, in a lot of respects. And, and so he's definitely answered the call, and he's just proven to be such a beast to contend with in the paint. Um, I also wondered about you know point guard for Purdue, and I think Braden Smith has just unequivocally shown that that he is ready for this level i mean i think there are legitimate questions about him on the defensive end and time will tell on that but i think just in an overall readiness to to lead a team at the high major level i don't think there's any doubt that that he's shown that he's fully capable of doing that and then their bench you know i i think one of the things we probably talked about over and over going into the season was that indiana really stood out from a bench perspective as, as it compared to the rest of the league. And, and that, by and large, is still true today. The bench is what's carrying Indiana right now as well. But Purdue's bench is fantastic. And I think, um, you know, you talk about guys like Ethan Morton and Caleb First and, and all the guys that they have coming off the bench that have just been major contributors. Uh, there, there's no drop-off at Purdue. They do, and there's no real weakness on the team. You know, they, they have shooting uh, surrounding Edie. They, they have you know Smith carrying the, the load at point guard. I, I just don't see any holes in their team at this point. And I, I think the, the response that they got in the national polls yesterday, bumping them up into the, the top five ahead of IU, I, I think that's appropriate at this point in time. All right, uh, Mike, uh, also want to talk uh, a little bit about IU women's basketball with you. 
Grace Berger uh, concerning injury in the game uh, out in Vegas, which that was a whole other sidebar story for how a college basketball event should not be run. But I saw that from Coach Morin, and I think you know this, but there's a connection to Grace Berger here in southern Indiana, and she played her high school basketball just across the river in, in Louisville. But I saw Coach Morin has said she's day-to-day right now, so it looks serious, but maybe hoping for the best. Yeah, definitely Coach Morin's message last night was interesting because she said day-to-day, but she also said out indefinitely, I think, People can reasonably interpret those two terms as being at somewhat at conflict, although day-to-day, by definition, it is indefinite. It just I think people hear indefinite and think of a longer-term timeline. Um, so, so it's not entirely clear, but the, the main takeaway to me is that you know she had the MRI on Sunday, and there was no immediate update from IU that, hey, this is a season-ending deal. Um, I've heard nothing behind the scenes to suggest that this is like major long-term type of deal. So I think the update, compared to way, the way things felt on Friday night, uh, if you saw the injury, it was pretty ugly. Um, I think people expected the worst. Um, there was a lot of emotion in the program coming out during and after that game. And so I, I think it's turned into something that people feel pretty good about. They're, they're, but they're not going to have her on Thursday when, when they host North Carolina. They get this back-to-back with both North Carolina programs coming in this week. Um, but it wouldn't be surprising if, you know, she was back, you know, if not in December, but, you know, by the beginning of the year. But I, I think it might actually be in December at some point. Yeah, she's so integral to that Indiana women's team. And, of course, with local connection, I know everybody wishes her the very best in her recovery. But, Mike, the IU women, they, they're fun to watch this year once again. Yeah, the, I mean, the real story, there, there were so many stories coming out of that weekend in Vegas, but the real story, if you just want to focus on basketball, is how they handled not having Grace Berger against, you know, two respectable programs, including a high major SEC program in Auburn. I mean, the, the, I think where they might have an issue without Grace is on the defensive end. That, that showed up a little bit. I mean, this is a program under more and more, you know, defense is first, and, and they've won a lot of games by you know, holding teams down from a scoring perspective. The the scoring numbers against IU were up over the weekend, and I, I do think that was a byproduct of not having Berger. But they certainly didn't struggle on the offensive end, and I think they, you know, what they've added to the roster over the last year with uh, Yarden Garzan, who's just been a sensation as a freshman from, from Israel in, in the starting lineup, a, a true point forward that, that can score in a lot of ways. Uh, and then the two transfer portal pickups was Sarah Scalia from Minnesota, Sydney Parrish, and Indianapolis kid who they got from Oregon. That um, they've not missed the beat, and I think you know even without Berger, that they can put together a starting five that compete with can, can compete with anyone in, in the country. And I think we'll definitely hold things together until they get Berger back. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, uh, got to talk IU football as well. The season came to an end with a disappointing finish and loss against Purdue, the rival, on Saturday. Lots of things to talk about this offseason, but right out of the gate, when a season does close out, as Indiana's has, you expect two things, transfer portal uh, exits, and that is happening. And also, in the case of Matthews and Shivers, there's been some NFL interest there as well. So a lot of departures, I think, is a good way to generally term it at this point for IU football as they enter off-season mode. Yeah, 
you know, it, it's going to just be the, the state of college football. I, I don't remember the, the number last year, but it was something around 20 guys that transferred out last year from Indiana. Mo- most of them were not major contributors, although we were reminded of one on Saturday when, when Reese Taylor made some tackles against Indiana. Um, so so that that's just part of it. Um, you know, I, I was kind of caught off guard by Charles Campbell announcing he was in the portal uh, yesterday, although, you know, I was quickly reminded that, that Indiana does have a five-star kicker coming in, and they probably wouldn't have had two kickers on scholarship next year so there maybe that one's been in the works for a while it's hard to know for sure but but i do think yeah it it's very reasonable to expect there's going to be some significant turnover once again and and i think indiana's in a really interesting spot here as you as we go to uh, early signing for recruiting here in a couple of weeks because right now as it stands they they only have eight players uh verbally committed you know, nine if you count the kicker. Um, and I think Tom Allen has said at some point, you know, in response to a question I asked him right before the season started, I, I think he wants to have 15 high school kids. I, I don't know how he's going to get there. And, and if they lose more players than they, they expect in the portal, they're going to have to be very aggressive uh, in the portal, very aggressive in the JUCO ranks to kind of rebuild this team going into next year. I mean, they, they, they obviously have a lot of guys expected to come back but but i think just from a numbers perspective then the next month is going to be very interesting to see how they go about this yeah where, where does and i know this is a very general question but where does tom allen go from here he's had success he's had some failures uh there's concerns moving forward with who's back and some of the holes that that exist at this point but where does this tom allen led program where do they need to go from here this off season and really next season well, that, I mean, you know, this is pretty deep, but I almost feel like they need to completely reinvent themselves because they're not operating in the same playing field that, that we saw just three years ago in 2019 when he got the team to where, you know, everybody wanted it to be, kind of had that breakthrough season uh, built on that in 2020. Since then, everything has changed in college football. Now, now you have the transfer portal. Now you have name, image, and likeness, two, two factors that – you know, Tom, Tom Allen did not uh, become a well-regarded coach in, in those eras. And, and you know, I, in my own personal opinion, I'm not sure how well he fits in, in a NIL and transfer portal era because he's a, he's a culture guy. And, and he, he wants guys that are really bought in and, you know, there for four years. And, and you know, it's kind of the old-school way of college football. And, and I'm not sure... Um, you know, how, how much that is still relevant, you know, it's hard as it is to believe it's changed that dramatically in the last couple of years. And, and he kind of alluded to that in his comments on, on, the, on his radio show a couple of weeks ago that I'm sure most people heard. So it's going to just be fascinating to see how he adapts. Um, and, and by and large, a lot of it's out of his control, you know, how much the, the fan base react, how much boosters react, uh, to to this new climate in college football because it's very much money driven at this point and in many regards his hands are tied and he's really got to change his approach to uh, to fit into this new 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 era of college football. Yeah, and real question about it, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest, Mike. As we let you go here, enjoyed the chat. What's uh, what's Wednesday night look like for you? I know you'll be at Assembly Hall. 
uh, covering the game, but do you expect uh, maybe a, a louder and more raucous environment than what uh, we have seen so far this season? And maybe what you see on a somewhat typical basis, do you expect something special Wednesday night? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, the uh, the first exhibition game, it's been a while, I think it was Marion that they played. The, the student section kind of blew me away for that game. Um, I think there is a lot of optimism. I think you're going to see it on full display uh, Wednesday night. I'm, I'm personally a little bit nervous because Indiana has a new media section that they, for some reason, put right in the middle of the student section, and I've been placed <laughs> in that <laughs> for just about every game. So um, I've been a little bit dreading this game because I, I don't know exactly what I'm getting myself into, being surrounded by a mob of students. I'm too old for that, but I, I will definitely have a full account of what the scene was like from the student section uh, next week for you. All right, great stuff. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Great content, great work, and Mike, we appreciate having you here on the program each Tuesday. Enjoy Wednesday night. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Matt. Always enjoy it. All right, Mike Schumann covering a lot of ground with us today. IU basketball, the North Carolina game, IU women, IU football as well. And as he said with football, going to be some interesting time this offseason to see what this coaching staff does, not just recruiting, but as far as developing this program moving forward. It was a program just a couple of years ago at this time. Uh, there was a ton of excitement in and a ton of hope that they were breaking barriers and maybe crossing some boundaries that they hadn't for some time. But uh, things kind of concerning right now as far as what the future could look like uh, for the football program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, a real quick rundown of high school basketball. We'll get you ready for some of the big games coming up uh, this week. And uh, that includes Floyd Central and Meade County. We'll get our first look at Caleb Washington and the Highlanders tonight as they take on Meade County in the opening game of the season. And, of course, the first game for new head coach, Greg Walters, the new boss of the Highlanders, taking over for Todd Sturgeon, who announced his retirement from coaching in the offseason. We'll tell you more about that game and others coming up this week. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Just a real quick segment uh, before we call it quits for today. Again, Tuesday show here on the Big X. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you could always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. Of course, coming up Wednesday night, we have IU North Carolina on the Big X. And Justin Kalen, the producer of this show today, uh, with me for these final few minutes, Justin, as we talk a little high school basketball, some big early season games on Saturday night. It was interesting to see New Albany, uh, a, I think a mediocre down team, you could say this year, beat also down Bloomington South. 
Jeffersonville, a big challenge against number one Indianapolis Cathedral and Providence and a very good Jack Benner and Brownstown. That was a loss early season, although Providence really competed at a high level, I thought. Some interesting takeaways early, but I'm not sold. We have a team that's uh, you know got state championship caliber or state championship ability, at least so far this season. Really? that That's somewhat surprising to me because I, Providence coming off their season last year when they were able to win the state title, they lost, I don't know that they lost any pieces off that team. So I haven't seen them quite yet, but I'm, I'm a big believer in Providence because I saw that team play enough last year to know that they've got all the pieces. I mean, you got Casey Kalen back, you got shooting with Quentin Hesse. I mean, lot, lots of pieces for Providence. I think they could they could be one of those teams for sure. I don't disagree. I think Providence, if I had to predict a team as far as record and success and the ability to be ranked, I would put the Pioneers at the top of the area from that standpoint. Casey Kalen, a little bummed risk, kind of waiting to hear what the situation is with that from Coach Miller. I think that could have a big, uh, a lot to do with the Pioneers' success long term. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is, I guess, the reason why maybe I, I cut them a little short, and it's hard to do that when they're defending champions, but Brownstown now in that same sectional. And you want to that's talk true. about a good sectional with Switzerland County and others that's been tough. You add Jack Benner and Brownstown to the mix, and it makes it even that much tougher. Yeah, hand up. I had completely forgotten that Brownstown came down, so that will make that sectional really tough. But if Providence is able to get past that, I mean, I, I just I don't know that you're going to be able to stop them. It's a similar sentiment I had to last year's team when they're making that deep run. They just seemingly have all the pieces on that team that can, that can win another state championship. I really feel, and I've said this Monday, uh, a couple people asked for, for more explanation uh, because I think everybody's trying to figure out who's who right now. But I do think Jeffersonville, even though they got, uh, what, a 60, what, what was it, a 50-point a, a loss, I believe 95-45 ultimately was the final score on Saturday against Indianapolis Cathedral. I do feel like Jeff, at least for our area, can be good. They started four sophomores. I think the abilities there to – start five sophomores at some point. Uh, Six, uh, seven underclassmen uh, are in the top group of that team, and they just seem to be a group that is growing. I mean, uh, literally growing. They look different than what they did even in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a young group of guys, as they get things together, I do think that Jeff has some bright days ahead of them, maybe even later this year uh, as they go through some growing pains here early. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Sharon Wilkerson does as head coach. I mean, it's he's a Jeffersonville alumni, correct? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean. A legend for the Red Devils. Exactly, absolutely. Basketball, state champion. Absolutely. So, so really excited to see what he can do. Those The people over at Jeffersonville, the Jeffersonville fans, they need something to go their way. It's been some tough times the last couple of years. I don't know that anybody would deny that. Um, So if they're able to have a successful season, put together some wins, make a a somewhat deep tournament run, I think it'll restore hope at Jeffersonville. And, yeah, I could absolutely see that happening. A biggest question mark in the area, Mm -hmm. Floyd Central. New coach Greg Walters, his first year there. Uh, they open tonight with Meade County at home. Game number two is not until December 9th, and they'll play at New Albany. You want to talk about a welcome uh, to F- FC for Coach Walters, a, a big rivalry game like that, basically right out of the gate. Caleb Washington, I think we all know, will lead the way for them. There's some other pieces that could and should step in big roles. 
I feel the Highlanders could be a force to reckon with as things move on, but kind of up in the air is my thoughts on Floyd overall. Yeah, and they're another one of those teams that have had a rough couple of years in terms of all their sports, but basketball is the one that people hang their hat on around those parts. I mean, they, they need to see a good basketball team, and I agree with you. Caleb Washington could be a difference maker for this team, help them help them make somewhat of a run deep in the postseason, and then, yeah, head coach Walters in his first year going to be going to be an interesting path for him and the highlanders absolutely all right justin kalen producer of this show also the voice of high school football here on the big x thanks for the quick chat and uh, for all your work thanks for having me all right that's going to wrap things up for this tuesday program back with you wednesday at 11 a.m it'll be a game day edition of the program as indiana and north carolina all set to do battle in the big 10 acc challenge on Wednesday night at 9.15. Don't forget some great games tonight. We'll see if the Big Ten, who is off to an 0-2 start with the two openers not going the Big Ten's way last night, can bounce back tonight. I predict that they will, and I'll be back with you Wednesday to talk all about it. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.